Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai. This is a new podcast, and you're like, what, bitch, what the hell is Get Life Podcast Kunai? Basically what it is, it's a podcast for you guys, specifically about anime and manga and all that lovely stuff. So yeah, it's going to be split into two types of episodes. Uh, one is discussion episodes where me, Tyson, and Kevin discuss the animes of your choice. So you can go and submit that to us at Get Life Podcast on Twitter, and we'll go through those. And interview episodes like this and we're joined by some special guests introduce yourself guests so um hi my name's nigel i'm a co-founder of my matter which is a anime inspired clothing um, and character based brand and my name is lao and i'm the other co-founder of my matter and i've been working with nigel on the brand for about four years now and uh, I guess you probably say a little bit about me. Uh, I've been an, a manga slash anime fan since the, probably the 80s. Uh, I think the first anime I saw as a kid, although I didn't realize it till later when I found out the name, was uh, The Pizza Castle in the Sky. Uh, quite like the Studio Ghibli stuff. Uh, but these days, um, I hardly get to watch much anime because I'm working on my matter. Oh, so would would you say that My Matters kind of hindered your your anime schedules? It has. <laughs> yeah, I think we found out like when uh, when you start a business, it pretty much takes over mm. uh, in a way, in a good way, because we like what we're doing. So it just doesn't leave um, too much time. Mm, I see. For, so uh, other things. So for the. Listeners who don't know about My Matter, can you just explain what it's about briefly? Yeah, so it's a it's, it's a mix of original characters, clothing, and uh, manga. So we've created a, a fantasy television network world with an all-animal cast, and they've all got their own stories, um, backgrounds, and then we create their stories through manga, and we create uh, clothing designs based on the characters. So, um, you mentioned that, that all the cast are animals. Why is that? Is there a specific reason for that? Or uh, Well, when we were first thinking up uh, the brand, we wanted something different. Um, to be honest, that was the main thing. So, I think we kind of ruled out humans because it would be too much like everything else that's, uh, that's out there. And I think what, actually one of the other choices was robots. Uh, that came through our minds at one point. So we had a choice of that or animals, and we thought animals would have more of a friendly appeal uh, to people. So mm. kind of went with that to make something different that stood out. Mm. Well, you mentioned it was a unique idea, but honestly, I've seen quite a lot of manga recently that have had animals as their main characters, mainly pandas and whatever. So, uh, but for me, when I first saw this, kind of my matter at London Anime Con, what what kind of stuck out was the monkey with the samurai sword, you know? How did that came yeah. to being? Yeah, so uh, that was one of our first characters, the samurai chef, and after we decided that we'd go with animals, we started thinking of uh, stories uh, to create shows from, and we wanted to parody things that were already out there, and Lau and myself are both fans of food in general. Uh, Lau at the time was watching uh, a lot of cooking shows, so kind of came up the uh, came up with the idea of taking something like the Iron Chef and putting a little twist on it. So we created the Semi Chef character, where the premise was he would um, be the judge of this show and he would judge contestants' dishes by attacking it with a samurai sword. So throughout the book you kind of see the progression uh, and the escalation of this battle between uh, the dishes that become animated themselves along the way and the samurai chef as he's uh, judging each one hmm. so with the samurai chef's uh, design how come he's not dressed up in full samurai gear why why does he only have the chef hat and the samurai sword so the first, he's gone through a little change actually. So the original design, he just had the, uh, the samurai sword and the chef's hat. In the book, uh, by the time we got to writing the first book, we 
actually updated the design a little bit to give him the the full uniform. So he's got the hat, uh, he's got the sword, but he also has the the rest of the chef's outfit covering most of his modesty. Mm. So it's been it's gone through a bit of a, a change to add that. I see. So what what makes him a samurai? Um, well, his uh, background. We actually, as well as the Samurai Chef uh, comic, we've also created a prologue comic uh, okay. called Samurai Chef Origins, and that tells the story of a uh, young Samurai Chef as he enters a special dojo uh, where he learns his Samurai training, but also learns how to cook and gets an appreciation uh, for that. So it kind of explains how he came from a uh, young, hopeful and determined monkey to being the Samurai Chef uh, host on the show. So I won't give it too much away, but it's a short comic that you can download from our website and it kind of fills the gaps of where he came to be. So, um, what is the pricing on, on the comics? Oh, so you said again, my connection kind um, of went I was saying, what are the pricing on the comics? Oh, so the comic this for Samurai Chef is £5, and that's available on our website. It's also available at uh, Mega City Comics in Camden. Mm-hmm. And, again, as a ebook on the Amazon Kindle store. So you can okay. get that for, I think it's about £2. Hmm. So, another thing is, do you have any other series, like other mangas, other than the Samurai Chef? So, um, basically, we've got a number of other characters, and obviously, these have got different stories. Um, on the website, you can actually see two of the other ones, one of which is Hot Lunch, um, which is pretty much Nigel's baby, and my baby is called The Eleventh Hour, mm-hmm. and I've pretty much... Uh, Alright, first things first, um, this name has been used already by after, so I may have to change it. But, um, yeah, sure, wait, uh, I'll just start from the top of, like, what it is, so, mm. um, so My Baby is a show called The Eleventh Hour, which is a action manga, and it's kind of a mix between 24 and Crash, um, I don't know if you've seen the film Crash, but, like, just to give a general overview of the kind of narrative, you've basically got a story that's... Uh, intertwined and it's shown from the perspective of different characters. Uh, in the 11th hour we basically have four main characters and we watch what happens throughout the day um, as they're chased by these kind of mystery men. They don't know who they are, uh, all they know is that these people are after them and they don't know why and the story unfolds um, as the day progresses um, and it kind of culminates at the 11th hour of the day. Um, and it finishes at midnight. So that's the kind of premise of the show. Um, uh, but unlike 24, it's not going to be like an hour-by-hour play of what happens. It's, it just kind of just plays out in one day. And that's the whole entire show. Um, and I'm also uh, telling this story um, from the perspective of one character per volume. Uh, and I've currently written the outline uh, and initial dialogue for the first story, which is... Uh, featuring um, the panda called Dan. And Dan, you can go to the website and you can see a little bit about him, but he's basically a family man, um, you know, he's a hard worker, loves his kids and his wife, maybe works a bit too hard, maybe overworks a bit, um, so, you know, the kids don't get to see his dad much, and uh, and his wife's just like a proper diva, basically. And she's running him down. Like, honestly, like, he could burn out any second. But he just loves his family so much, he doesn't want to lose them. And then, basically, the, the, the beginning of the, the day, it starts with him being told that he's going to lose his house, he's going to lose his job, and then these guys turn up and they're just chasing him. And it's just like, what the heck's going on? Um, and things start to come together throughout the day as, like, he kind of is running away, defending himself, and there's a few other twists and turns in there as well. Um, And throughout the story, you basically see the other characters, 
Sometimes they play a slightly more prominent role. Sometimes they're merely in the background, so to speak. Maybe, you know, maybe a main character will pass through their place of work, or maybe they're at a coffee shop and one of the other main characters is there. And in the succeeding volumes, what happens is you'll basically see the intersecting points when we focus on a different character. So um, I think, you know, just for the sheer fun of that kind of story, uh, it, it should be pretty good, at least. Um, you know, because you want to see, okay, what was this guy doing at that point, that kind of thing. So, um, so far I've been having fun uh, writing it, uh, and it's a story we hope to have out uh, maybe at the end of the year. We'll see how things go. Yeah. So what about Hot Lunch? Because you mentioned that, and just by the title, it, it sounds really interesting. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, one of the shows that we're working on, or we'll be working on um, after the first two. And the uh, premise is a group of food thieves led by Taishi, who is the tiger um, that you'll see on our website, banners at LondonAnime.com. He basically has this mission to take down a cabal of elite chefs in the area. So he puts together a team of thieves to take down this cabal by basically pulling a heist at all their, uh, the restaurants that they own. And it's a, so it's a bit of a, a heist uh, show. Hmm. And um, yeah, it kind of goes, goes on from there. I see. So, would you compare the kind of the whole heist thing to the yakuza in Japan? Would it would it be sim- something similar to that, or? Yeah, I think I got um, uh, a sense of I guess Ocean's Eleven, but instead of casinos, we're talking about uh, restaurants and food. Hmm. So it's a little yeah. If you want to uh, compare it to something, I guess it's along those lines. I see. So. Because these are all animals, how how do you think the re- the reader would feel about these animals be- being in situations that normally humans would be in? Because for me, that's kind of it's kind of weird to get used to, especially like animals and gangs and stuff holding heists. Yeah, that's true. Holding heists. Yeah, um, I think well, from what I've found is people kind of take to the characters, and because the stories are, I guess the stories are still human stories in a sense it um it kind of gets around that so you still can identify with the characteristics of uh particular characters so they they each have their own personality so it makes it easier to go along with the story even though it is a tiger a rhino and a crane pulling these heists yeah i think um the way i look at it I look at it is um, everyone, and I'm talking humans now, I think everyone could probably be attributed to a given character. Like, I mean, there's, there's people I work with that, you know, I, I would say, you know, they, they remind me of a kind of a rhino where they're always kind of strutting around and, like, you know, just bashing into people and, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, they act big and tough and whatnot. And maybe they are a little bit big and tough or maybe their, their facial structure is kind of tough, for instance, and like, you know, hard angles. So if I was to draw them as a creature, there's a little bit of that in there when you tell stories this way. Um, uh, it kind of just uh, accentuates the actual character that you're trying to portray. Um, so, like, for instance, uh, you've got Lily, who's a swan, and she is a an investment banker, for instance, which is not even a typical character, like, that you would see. Um... <laughs> But, I mean, like, just because some people I've met, I know I've kind of met that personality. So I'm kind of stealing little bits from that and kind of throwing that into Lily's character. And I know that people will see Lily. And some people, by the way, hate her. Um, Some people like her. So, you know, that's just off the pictures alone because we've kind of dressed her um, like she does have money, like she does know what she wants and she doesn't care what other people think. Um, And... You know, a swan, you know. So, you know, that's how we kind of use this to our advantage to, to kind of get the, the full kind of flavour of all the characters, if you will. I see. So, in summary, you're taking, you know, p- 
people that you've met and from experiences and stuff and putting that into the the manga essentially um hello yeah i mean i think uh, a number of uh, creators do this to an extent yeah because it's just uh it's, it's very hard to come up with something original that you haven't been influenced uh, by something else in any way i think you'll always get some level of influence from outside and the truth is that when you do create a character, it, it's normally quite quite cool to start off at least with someone you know um, or an aspect of someone you know and kind of distort it uh, and then kind of tweak it and then maybe add a little different flavor and, and give them motivations that, that make the character interesting. So, mm. so yes. Okay, so um, in regards to actually making the manga, producing the story and whatnot, how long does that take you from... You know, from the idea to the finished product. Oh, uh, the, the short answer is longer than we thought. Um, the long answer. So, for the Samurai Chef, for example, that actually came about through a an Indiegogo fundraising platform uh, campaign. So, in 2013, so at the beginning of 2013, we finished uh, the campaign successfully, and then uh, could start writing the book. So I think from the first idea um, to the script to running the campaign to producing the artwork and getting it printed, it was about six months, hmm. um, which was yeah about twice the time we actually thought it would take. So it was our first book and we were, we were happy with how it came out and also happy for like the learning process through it because we got a a better sense of what it actually takes to produce a comic book. So to those who are, you know, manga artists now and they're thinking about producing their own manga, what do you have to say to those people? Like words of advice? Um, I think words of advice, do it because it's, if it's something you enjoy, then there's no reason uh, why you shouldn't. But, uh, I'd also say if you're trying to produce a book, have a clear plan, and um, that will help you. Uh, that will go a long way to making sure you stick with it and get the finished book. Because when we, like I said, it was the first book we made, and we came through a lot of uh, unexpected bumps in the road. Okay. Um, so, can you give an example of those unexpected bumps? Yeah, I mean. Uh, for example, we so we work with uh, it's myself and Lau. We have our, our main illustrator uh, Penali, who does uh, do the artwork for the book. And it this is it sounds like a simple thing, but uh, scheduling was uh, one issue that we had. So we set up the campaign to run to a particular schedule, um, but then also for for her, she had other work to do and. Because of that, we couldn't start at exactly the moment we thought we would be able to start with the artwork. So that's a situation if you're, um, say if you're an artist working with a writer or vice versa, is to make sure whatever plan you put together that both people are fully aware of it. Um, the other thing is uh, writing a script for a comic and eventually rewriting a script for a comic when you get different ideas or you change your ideas this all adds to the length of time it will take to get the finished product so yeah i think those are two of the ones i've just off the top of my head okay so yeah. in re in regards to actually you know producing the product and whatever how you know how did you guys kind of think like did you guys originally wanted it to be printed or would you prefer to have it on mobile devices and, and those kind of platforms? I think from the outset we wanted a printed book. Um, I know that a lot of the trends these days is is going digital just in all walks of life but um, you know you still see people that, that like the feel of a good book, that like to collect books um, uh, so it was really important that we we kind of stayed with that as we both like you know, physical objects and whatnot. So, 
So yeah, yeah we, plus we we also wanted the like all the books we produce um, eventually to be collectibles because they're not something that um, will be produced like every week, for example. So we need each one to be sort of special and something they can uh, keep a collection of. So it's important that they were uh, physical, although they are also in digital form. But that we had a book that someone could keep and hold and mm. uh, read if they wanted. Okay, so in regards to you know this collection. When do you think the next book will be released? Okay, so we got um, actually at the moment we're working on the second volume to Semi Chef. So for those that have seen or read the Semi Chef book, they'll know it ends on a cliffhanger or a little bit of a cliffhanger. And what we wanted to do before moving to the other stories is um, revisit and uh, continue and conclude the Semi Chef stories. Mm. So. The second part of the book has been written and we intend to do another Kickstarter early July where people will be able to back the project to get the Semi-Chef Volume 2 produced and it will be sort of twice the length of the original and we'll also combine, I think we're, we're currently thinking of combining uh, into one book so you'll get a complete book okay. uh, from beginning to end. So. Um, I mean, you can follow us on like uh, Facebook and Twitter and such, and you'll know when the campaign starts, where it's early July, and then we'll begin the book for autumn, um, get a book done for autumn, and then from there, move on to the 11th hour. I see. So you're not taking on more than one project at the same time. You're thinking of completing one and then moving on to the next one. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is one of the lessons we learned doing the first book. It's better to focus um, on what and finish. And just because after we put out the first time on Chef, we got a lot of people sort of asking what happens next. So it, it would seem a shame to kind of move on to another story mm. before we um, ended the one that we started. Okay. Uh, that brings up another point, actually, about what, what we're putting out as a brand. Um, We've got different types of stories that have different um, lengths. So, I mean, the Samurai Chef, it's, it's pretty much a contained story. Um, so, obviously, it's going to complete very soon, and that will be that, at least for now. Um, but, say, for instance, uh, the 11th hour, um, slightly longer. I would say if it were an anime, it would probably be a 13-episode for instance, one season. Um, but the likes of, say, Hot Lunch could be seasons long um, because it's it's kind of a... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a baddie of the week, it's like a heist of the week type of show. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So that yeah. that be a little bit more long-running um, compared to the others. And so we have to kind of balance, all right, which one do we focus on first? Yes, the juggling acts. I see. So you just mentioned that if it was to be an anime, it would be roughly 12 episodes. Are you considering about making these stories into anime? That's the end goal for us. Um, as far as our characters go, we definitely want this to be animated. Samurai, Jeff, Hot Lunch, Eleventh Hour, and all of the other ideas that we have in our brains at the moment. Uh, we'd love for them to be animated. Um, but, you know, what we found is obviously that costs a lot of money. So rather than try and source the money, um, and take on a lot of risk, you know, the manga form is, is a great way to tell a story, so we thought, you know, let's be a bit humble about it, start start small, um, mm -hmm. and prove ourselves as well in that arena, and uh, if people really want to see it animated, they're supportive, and hopefully we'll be able to put it out there. Mm. Yeah, and I think for ourselves as well, it just, it helps for us to concentrate on getting the stories out first, mm. and, um, then focusing on how to animate them. So, like, either way, everyone will notice these, and then hopefully we can get them animated later down the road. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, that would be a very awesome thing, because I could just imagine a Samurai Chef animation, because, you know, monkeys with Samurai yeah, swords, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say. And, yeah, out of all of the characters that you guys have thought up with, who would you say are your favourites? Our favourites or... Yeah, your own personal favourites. 
Tyler, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> okay, uh, um, alright, I'll, I'll go first. Um, oh man, this is a question. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I don't even want to go to my own school, but I have to because I made it. Um, so I don't know what that says about me. Um, but basically, I have one character called Shun, and he is a community officer in the eleventh hour. And he basically is, looks to wanna, well, he wants to become a detective. You know, he's like kind of a, a do-gooder. He's a tough guy. Um, you know, he's, he's grown up in a rough neighborhood and just wants to do, do good by, by everyone and, and kind of do the right thing now. I don't really talk much about his past, but you can pretty much guess he wasn't all he's an angel or anything. Um, and to be honest, he, even though his story comes quite later on in the overall kind of um, story, the eleventh hour, he's just a badass man. Um, he's the badass character. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much why I like him. Um, but he's he's not he's not bad. If that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> so he's not like a Jack Bauer, like where he would necessarily um, kill to get the job done. He's more like a Goku. Um, that, that helps. I like how you're compa- comparing him to yeah, Goku. Yeah. <laughs> I was my point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how you get a kind of a mix where you've got this the severity of Jack Bauer but with the heart of Goku. I don't know if they have it. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's the first time I heard that. Yeah, it just came to me, man. But it made yeah. sense. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, uh, I do like the Samurai Chef because he doesn't talk, he's just like all about action, so I do like that, but I think my personal favourite character is Taishu's The Hotline Story, and like I said, it's uh, sort of a team of thieves trying to take down a a big um, shadowy cabal of, of chefs, and why I like that character is I like the idea of the the small guy taking down um, the the big guy, basically, the having the ambition to do that and mm. putting out a plan to get that done. So I think that's why I like uh, I like his character. Plus, he looks good in the suit. I also like that too. Awesome. Do you think there is any chance that we might see some crossovers within within your manga series? So this is a good question because we have talked about this, like how how to handle that. Um, so there is a possibility that could happen, and I think what's more probable is because the the whole brand is based on this uh, fantasy television uh, fantasy television network. We've got basically we've got the backstage, so behind the scenes kind of thing. So we're we've come up with the idea and. Uh, I think maybe later on during the year you might see some artwork uh, to this where you see some of the characters from different shows interacting with each other and yeah, seeing how that uh, how that goes. So I think yeah, there's definitely potential for some crossover mm. uh, with the characters. Okay. So um, recently, I checked on your website, recently you guys went to visit Westminster College. Care to talk about that a bit? Oh wow, yeah. You've been checking the website. Good. Um, so yeah, I I briefly visited uh, Westminster College as part of a, a workshop aimed at young people um, and getting them started in uh, business or their careers. And the idea was just to explain how technology had helped our brand and how it can help uh, the kids uh, at the college with what they wanted to achieve. Uh, so it's um kind of the one of the few times I've been able to talk out in front of people about the brand. It's really good experience, not only getting to talk with, with younger people about uh, getting started, but also hearing some of the other speakers uh, talk about what they've done and um, how technology and things have helped them in their careers. Mm. Great. Another thing is you guys also do a clothing line. So wh- where did that come from? Was was that stem- Did that stem from... The mangas, or how did that come about? Uh, so that was the, the so the original kind of idea was to create um, some kind of Japanese-related clothing and like t-shirts, 
and as we sort of went on and developed the idea and refined it and eventually rebranded it, we kind of we realised we liked we liked like independent fashion, we liked uh, creating our own uh, fashion, but then we also liked telling stories. So it's kind of a weird mix, but we we found a way to merge the two together. So it's not necessarily a case of one coming the other. It's like uh, it's symbiotic. Yeah, that's that's the word I was probably looking for. Hmm. Exactly what it is. Although I would like to add a little bit as well to the why. Um, I mean, for me personally, uh, I've been, like I said, I've been a manga fan since the 80s. Um, love manga, love anime. Um, the culture has been something I've just always felt is just one of the coolest things out there. But... I also found that not everyone took to it straight away. There was almost like a bit of a prejudice against anime. Mm. But um, uh, there was this one one Christmas, I'll never forget this. I was just jamming in my room watching One Piece, um, the Nami Saga, uh, if you care to know. Um, and that was a really, really um, deep manga uh, season, of anime season. And my big sister, who doesn't like anime, walked in room and she ended up watching the whole episode with us because she was just kind of curious like what's going on here and i think she must have just caught it right at the right just just at the perfect moment and she was hooked basically and she stuck around for a little bit like watching it as well it's pretty cool and like it, it just kind of proved my point um that i knew but i just you know it's really hard to show people that there's a manga out there that will kind of speak to everyone but not necessarily everyone will like every manga or anime out there you know uh i, I proved in like back when i was uh, in uni i had a bunch of friends who loved doing muay thai uh, boxing and whatnot and i showed them uh, hajime no ippo the the boxing anime and they actually really liked it and i was just like there's a there's a manga there's an anime for everyone and i just feel like what we're doing as well is in a sense tapping into that um, and our goal was really just to uh, make more and more people just accept and embrace anime mm. um, and not treat it as weird because sometimes you get a little bit of that not so much these days I think it was a lot more when I was younger but I definitely want to bring it not necessarily to the mainstream but just make it more accepted and like you know Okay, I guess. I, I I know we've done our job when we've got anime on like prime time. So yeah, I think actually fashion is a good way to do that because fashion um, and like what we do, like streetwear, uh, speaks to a more mainstream audience. So if we can merge the two and expose uh, people to anime and the art style and the storytelling, then it kind of works to that goal too. Hmm. So at the moment, which one do you think is more popular amongst um, My Matter fans? Is it the clothing side of things or the manga side of things? That's a good question. Um, I think, well, uh, maybe we'll see if we have the same answer, but I, I reckon that the it might be the clothing, um, but because of the characters, if I'm allowed to give the answer. But uh, I think what we found is that even people who don't necessarily like always watch anime or uh, read manga but they'll have um, an idea of what it is they might know someone um, who watches or reads it they like the presence of the characters hmm. um, and I think that kind of pulls them in um, to the fashion side and then like eventually to the the deep stories and uh, things like that so that's the sense I've got so far okay um, quick question about your you guys logo it's, it's based off the kanji Kai, but why is it upside down? Aye. So, um, when we were coming up with the, the brand My Matter, and we had the idea to create this fantasy television network, we started looking for icons to build a logo around. And I can't remember exactly where or when, but somewhere along the line, we know it's the Kai character. And specifically that when you flipped it upside down, it resembled like the, the old school uh, TV set with the, the, the ears, the antenna and the, uh, and the static lights. And that's kind of the, the TV that we grew up with. So it's familiar to us. It fit in 
uh, the brand we we're trying to create. So we kind of, yeah, we just <laughs> we went with it. Mm. And where did the name My Matter come from? So, uh, that actually came from the Allow. Uh, yeah, it was. What was the team effort? Um, <laughs> basically, um, back when we were uh, coming up with just the, the brand itself, um, but not in the form that you currently see it, this was before we decided to make it like a fantasy television network. We were just coming up with a t-shirt brand and whatnot. Um, we, we knew it was going to be Japanese themed in some way, and we wanted to see how we could like you know come up with a name. And you know how you've got different names like you know your, like your Ralph Lauren's and your Tommy Hilfiger's and uh, these are people, obviously, and we thought, all right, let's come up with a persona. And one of the people in our initial group said, oh, well, I've got a friend called Mayazuki Yamada. And we were like, yeah, that's a really cool name. Um, and then I basically said, well, you know, it's kind of long. Um, how about if we chop it up? Because I know that the Japanese often kind of take names and make it kind of cute nickname versions of the long name. So I took the Mayazuki Yamada and just made it Maya Mada. And she got Maya Mada. Um, and, and that's basically how the name came about. Um, but on top of that, uh, what we did when we later rebranded and created the Fantasy Television Network, um, we basically took the persona Mayazuki Yamada and made him owner of the Maya Mada TV Network. And you'll see him here and there, not necessarily all over the place and definitely not in a show. Um, but we do feature him uh, from time to time, uh, kind of a bit like an Easter egg. Mm. So how would people recognise it's him? He's a squirrel with a suit and uh, sneakers. Mm. I see. Anyway, now we're just going to move on to some kind of random questions I'm going to think about right now. So, are you guys into gaming? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, we are. So what, what type of games do you guys play? I know you probably don't have enough time to be playing games and whatever because of my matter. It's true. Yeah, that is very, it's, it's uh, unfortunately painfully true. Hmm. But what games so, would you like to play if you had the time? Phoenix Wright so, versus... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you, you, go. you go. Basically, if I had the time, I'd be playing Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton. Um, I'm a Phoenix Wright fan, and I'm a Professor Layton fan. Um, actually, as it happens, there is a game I'm sort of playing on and off by level 5 called um, The Layton Brothers, which is on Android, which is really, really good for Android game. Um, but it's made by level 5, so any level 5 fans know what to expect. Yeah, hmm. yeah I mean, I've got uh, an Xbox uh, in the house, and uh, I did have a Wii as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it is, but um, I never got to finish Graphic or um, I'm just going to give you like a list of games that is going to be a sad. It's a confession. Yeah, it is, it is a little bit. But um, no, I'm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Batman series games, like the the Arkham series. Mm. Uh, really, really like that game, and I did uh, like, and I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, Wii games as well, Zelda. Actually, and Super Smash Brothers. Awesome. So I was glad to hear that at uh, E3. Awesome. So there are some tournaments at London Anime Con. Do you guys think that you'll be taking part in any of them? You know what? I was uh, good enough. That's the problem. <laughs> that, that is actually it. I mean, like, I'd love to, to enter in a Smash Brothers tournament, but I recently saw a documentary. I've forgotten the name now, but just type Smash Brothers documentary in Google and there's a really good series on YouTube at the moment that documents like some of the best in America and I think even the world and yeah after just watching that uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know the things they were doing were possible in Smash yeah. Bros. I, I just have a newfound respect for the game like and, and on that basis I will not be playing it the last time I did anything kind of Tournament is when um, Lau and I went to Japan uh, a while ago, and uh, well, to tell you how long ago, it's around the time that Street Fighter Four came out, and we actually got to go to Tokyo Game Show. So it wasn't even a tournament; they just let you play the game, and they let you play against other people as they do at uh, conventions. But I played against a guy, 
and he just wiped the floor with me like very very easily wiped the floor with me and I just had to kind of move on and go see where else was at the show so uh, I think since then I kind of had to come to the um, admission that I'm not good enough to enter tournaments unfortunately so Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. if, if they're looking to make up numbers, you know, like cannons, <laughs> you know, whatever. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, there is a lot of tournaments uh, going on at London Anime Con. There's like, I, I think maybe you guys would be more suited to like the Mario Kart kind of things, because because <laughs> you guys seem like you don't want to get thrashed. But there are some yeah. good, there are some awesome people at Mario Kart as well. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't mind losing. But I do care about the way I get thrashed. Some people, they, they thrash you in a really like dehumanizing way. <laughs> See the way I can put it. Mm. Um, you know, really kind of play with you. Um, but but yeah, I think um, uh, you know what I wouldn't I wouldn't even mind playing um, a little bit. Um, yeah, you know what you're right. Probably the Mario Kart. Um, as long as they've got items on, uh, then we're cool. Mm. I see, because I'm I'm personally I'm entering a couple of tournaments. Um, not Mario Kart because I don't own a Wii U, and probably I don't want to I don't want to suck at that game. But I'm entering the tournament for DOA Five, so I'm hoping I don't lose that badly because I know there's a lot of pros going to be there. So I'm not really a pro; I'm just casual player. I just join it for fun. Cool. Yes, DOA is is definitely one of the more. Uh, on games I like to lose at, uh, at least for me. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable, it's enjoyable even to lose, because you'll, you'll still manage to maybe get a few nice combos and tags and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, I like the characters as well. Oh, so you like, why do you like the characters? I'm, I'm intrigued now. Uh, do you know what, I think, what, well, at least from my perspective, like, I, I, I like the storyline and the way the story was the story's told. Okay. Um, more so than tech, really? but I never owned I never really owned a Sony mm. like during that era. Um, so like, well, just like Ryu, for instance, he's got his own game. So it's just like, yeah, I, I tend to get into the story of all these uh, beat 'em up. So like, I love the Soul Calibur for the same reason. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone had like this this crazy like custom story. It's just them and. Well, I know most beat-em-ups do have this, and I could probably throw in Guilty Gear as well, because they're, they're that too, but I never really played it much. Um, but I particularly like the, the DOA series storylines. Mm. Um, I, I, honestly, I thought you were going to say something else, because DOA is known for... I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was reviewed, I was expecting something else. Nah, nah. Like any, some special game physics and stuff like that. <laughs> I've, I've never seen a game like DOA that you can move the controller about and the boobs jiggle. I mean, never... that's... Honestly, never seen That's, a game. Oh, like. you heard about this? This is so secondary to me, man. Like, I'm, I'm just like, dude, I've I, seen I, it. I, I, I'm more concerned with the clothes and stuff and the outfits and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but I, maybe because I'm a collector at heart. Mm. So obviously, I, I like the Pokemon's and whatnot and that kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, what outfit can I have on this character? That was always my my big concern. Uh, and you know, how cool does the character look? You know, because uh, you have to look cool when you're winning and whatnot. So, <laughs> and what well, if you're losing? Then not another story but still mm. well even if you yeah, are but... losing you need to look good while you're losing that's true yeah yeah that's true because it, <laughs> it gives you at least a shred of credibility yeah, yeah, yeah we want you... so bad while you're losing well yeah exactly that, that way you can sort of have two winners <laughs> there's there's no such thing as two winners <laughs> You, if you if you've entered if you've entered a tournament, then you'd realise. <laughs> it's like for me, it's it's the worst thing when you win a couple of matches and you're like, yeah. Well, that's because like all the other players are are slightly have a, a lower skill level. But then when you reach the pros, you just feel so bad because they're just too good. I don't know how they know all these combos and whatever, how they do it, but it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's meant to what people can do. Mm. It's, it's really cool, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a discipline, I think. It's an art as well. Actually, you know, that's one thing about competitive gaming that I've noticed. There's, I've, I've observed that you've got gamers that have kind of honed the craft 
and and they're very technical. Um, but then there's those that take it a step further. They're so good that it now becomes artistic, beautiful, even. You know, like I don't know. Those are the geniuses um, <laughs> that can basically make you dance around the screen as they parry you and and all this kind of stuff. Um, I have a lot of respect for both types, uh, um, but particularly of those that just kind of basically paint with their gaming, if such a thing is possible. Mm. That was a beautiful analogy, right there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard something so. Ah, it's so poetic. Maybe I should be a commentator. For, I should be a commentator for the competitive gaming. I think Pro- I'd be probably. More successful with that. Yeah. That that I would might, be that would be nice might, to see. Yeah, I might just give that a go actually at the the anime con. I mean. But the, uh, let's get back to the point here. Uh, what are you guys going to be doing at London Anime Con? Um. So, oh, actually, we do have. Uh, one new addition to AnimeCon is a, a game we're trying out. So we kind of came up with a concept of a character game and we've created bits of artwork that we're going to stick around uh, AnimeCon for people to scan uh, with QR codes. Mm. And each one will take you to a page on our website and you'll get like a letter. So you have to collect all the letters, rearrange them to get a word. And then the first uh, person to come to the My Matter store at London Anime Con with the correct word will get a prize. So that's a new thing we're doing. I mean, other than that, we'll have our... I mean, as like everyone else, we do have our store where you can get our book and uh, clothing line. But I think the game will be interesting to see uh, at the con. Hmm. So are you going to pin it around everywhere or only in specific places? Um, so yeah, we're going to pick up probably uh, speak with the organisers and go before beforehand to find the best places to stick these artwork, uh, bits of artwork up. And then it's just a case of uh, the quickest people that can find find them or scan them and get the word uh, will yeah, get something from my matter store. Okay. So what is the prize? Is it like anything from the stall or...? Yeah, so we'll uh, give a book uh, and a t-shirt a choice of t-shirts so yeah it's kind of whoever the quickest to figure it out mm. yeah, that, that'll be interesting do you, do you have any other plans for the London Anime Con um, I think that's the main thing we're going to do there but we're also at Hybrid Town later so we've got some um, ideas for that also so it's trying to not to do too too much at once I see so, out of all these kind of expos that you've you've been to and experienced, which one would you say is is your favourite? Hmm. Huh. Uh, um. I think my favourite might be Hyper Japan. I don't. I don't know why though. I can't explain. What about you, Lau? Favorite show. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, here's what I like about Anime Con. It's, um... <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to see there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, if you've ever been, you'll know what I mean. It always surprises me. I think we had a marriage proposal, the last one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a different show, and I'm told that, um, that, that the... And the con in this is even bigger. Um, but I have to say, um, Anime Con would still be second for me, and Hyper Japan is number one. I like Hyper Japan because um, it, it's kind of it, it kind of matches my vision in terms of the way they reach out to pretty much everyone. Like if you go to say MCM, uh, which is another show we really like, you'll get people that are very passionate. About uh, you know, like gaming and, and manga and anime, and you'll get a lot of cosplayers there. Um, and I speak to people that don't go to the show, and they just say, Yeah, there's a lot of people dressed up as characters that go there. Um, and I was like, You know, you ever thought of going? Yeah, but I'm not sure. But with Hyper Japan, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more open. You get the full spectrum of different types of people, families, and you yeah. get families at MCM. You definitely don't get families at Anime Con, mind you. No, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think it's just a little bit more, a little bit more uh, open to all, um, which I like. 
Um, and not only that, the kind of uh, acts that they have on sh- on stage and activities that they have. Because um, it brings in a lot more the traditional Japan. Yeah, you get you get a lot more culture from there. So it's not just about anime. It's a, a lot more holistic. Um, and you know, I think I'd probably do better at getting people like that I know uh, to go to that than to MC or anime con because it seems a little bit more niche those ones but they're still like good shows in their own right and they, they do what they, they do well so okay. uh, but that's my personal favorite okay so um i'm gonna wrap this episode up guys so obviously thank you guys for being on the podcast it was a pleasure to be recording with you today yeah thanks for having us yeah likewise. no problem and Remember, guys, I'm just going to talk to the listeners now. If you guys want to check out My Matter, you can go and do that on their Twitter page or their Facebook page. I'll put the links in the descriptions. And, yeah, of course, if you guys want to also check out the original Get Life podcast, which is all about Japanese gaming and all of that nice stuff, you can go check that on iTunes. Just type in Bish Loves Mish. You'll see all of the podcasts that we do. So that is Get Life Podcast, the original one, Get Life Podcast Germany, Get Life Podcast France, and, of course, Get Life Podcast Kunai, which you're listening to now. Yay! Anyway, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Get Life Podcast. Be sure to check out the Get a Life Podcast on iTunes for your Japanese gaming fix and hot chicks. Just kidding. No hot chicks, just fish. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just had to be said. <laughs>